Welcome to Pocket Fiction by Steve Cook. Noctis Point, Chapter 12. Sarah frowned. What will the spiders do when your father launches the attack? They must know we can destroy Europa and Ganymede, Ariadne said, throwing her stylus down. Surely they're smart enough to realise that. Maybe, Sarah replied, looking over the stack of files. We just don't know. Ignorance, that's our problem right now, whether it's our ignorance or theirs. They were sat in Ariadne's lounge. The coffee table between them was filled with a chaotic mixture of large box files and the soft screens they had contained. Thin, designed to be rolled up, the flimsy, soft-touch plastic things looked slightly obscene when there were this many. Like someone has vomited them up, thought Ariadne. They slipped over each other, their smooth surfaces resisting friction. The large boxes that they had been stored in, like paper files of old, powered them and kept them organised, and generally never saw the light of day again. We've been going through these all day, Ariadne, Sarah said with a sigh. There's nothing here. It's all dry studies on spider culture, guesses from people who are already old. Don't call them that, Ariadne said, picking up another screen off the top of the pile. Old? Spiders. Why don't you like them being called spiders? Ariadne looked up briefly, meeting her handmaid's eyes. Would you like it if you were called a silly name? Something the others are scared of? Or even if I called you handmaid all the time, how would that make you feel? Demeaned, I guess, Sarah said. But you are a handmaid. Doesn't the name fit your function? I get it, Ariadne. If you called me handmaid, you'd never see me as anything more. And I do, Ariadne said, smiling. There are few enough people I'd have as friends here. But it's more than that. It's habit. The media call them spiders, so we're scared of them. It sells newscast subscriptions. Would there be as many amazing headlines if they were called the dust mites or something? I'm amazed they didn't go with scorpions or something equally inappropriate. Maybe it's even cleverer than that, on another level. Scorpions are dangerous, you know, but spiders, they can be squished. One good hammering with a shoe and it's not a problem anymore. Names have power, Sarah. I get the point. Most people do it through ignorance, I guess. Maybe if they heard it like that, they'd change their mind. Never. Most people are cattle, sadly, willing to be led. Ariadne waved her hands at the table, taking in all the soft screens. These represent everything we know about the Jovians. It's nothing, nothing, compared to what we know of ourselves. And we can't even predict why we do things as a species. Never mind an alien people with an alien outlook. Even the machine is... She broke off, staring into the distance. Maybe we're looking in the wrong place, she said finally, or asking the wrong question. Sarah nodded. There's more than just the Jovians here. Why would the machine want to help the Jovians? It hates us? Ariadne shook her head, dispelling the thought. It's beyond hate, or at least we have to hope so. We made it, but it's way more than the sum of its parts. It proved that in the first minute of its life. No, it had a chance to destroy us right then and there, and it didn't. Hell, I believe that it could wipe us out without even lifting a virtual finger. But that's obviously not the goal. We have to assume it's ready for the sort of action Father is talking about as well. 
It perhaps doesn't want to kill us, then, Sarah narrowed her eyes. It's developed psych-proof Jovians. Is it afraid of the psychs? What can a psych do to a Jovian or to the machine that a human can't, with bullets and bombs? The princess clicked her fingers. That, she said, is something worth following up. She got up, throwing the soft screen back onto the pile. It slithered down the stack and flopped onto the floor. The young woman bounded over to the large console desk. It was starkly in contrast with the rest of the apartment, where the rooms looked like something out of a designer furniture catalogue. One entire corner of the lounge was given over to the hardware that enabled her to do the real work. Fifteen screens, all in their hardened state, were stuck or hung to form a large curving bank, some combined to form larger displays. She ran her fingers deftly across a few of them, and they flashed into life, displaying the last thing they had been ordered to. Many of them showed graphs of various things, a couple showing newscasts. Ariadne sat down. What's the plan? Sarah said, coming over and leaning on the back of the large leather office chair. I'm calling Noctis Point, Ariadne said. They're overdue a visit anyway. Father hates that place with a passion. I'm not surprised, Sarah said, watching the princess scroll down a list of contacts. He's never liked Sykes. They scare him, Ariadne said matter-of-factly, and he doesn't like the idea that something scares him. He sees assassins, particularly Psyche assassins, everywhere. Mum says that the old emperor only signed the independence treaty because they threatened him, Sarah said, looking down onto the top of Ariadne's head. But then, Mum believes everything she sees on the casts. She's not far off, Ariadne said. Grandfather disliked Sykes, saw them as a potential threat, but then one saved his life. He was injured while out hunting big game at the Central Territory Clone Safari, and one of the party turned out to be a psych. He held the wound closed until they got back. She pulled a wry face. Very medieval. But it did the job. He signed the treaty. Never fully trusted them, but it worked out well for both sides. They give us weapons and research. We leave them alone, bar the occasional monitoring visit. And they take care of fledgling psychs. Father hates it, but he needs them. She paused for a moment and leaned back, looking up into Sarah's upside-down face. What would this world be like without Sykes? Why do we even have Sykes? Half-light drive fallout. That's what Mum reckons it was, Sarah said. They didn't appear until we started using them. Your mother's just a fount of knowledge, isn't she? Still, I've not heard that one, Ariadne said. Most of the people here in the palace like to use phrases such as accelerated evolutionary progress or some other rubbish. My tutor always told me that it was a mutation, the next stage of humanity. She shook her head. Must have been amazing to be alive when the first Sykes were emerging. By the time we were born, only fifteen years later, it was commonplace. Now look at us, as a race. We're at war, like always, only this time we've got different weapons to use. She tutted. Never mind. Call. The console, triangulating eye contact on the number and registering enough cues to make it a verbal command, sent out a signal at close to the speed of light. Even at that speed, it would take six minutes just for her message to get through, so she cleared her throat. Principal Reeve, thank you for taking my call. I would like to visit Noctis Point, and due to the current state of the war, I'm afraid I will be making it an official trip. My father, as you know, has an aversion to the atmospheric conditions at Noctis Point and will be unable to join us. He's a coward, Ariadne thought. She let the impulse to say something hasty drain away and composed herself. It needs to be soon, I'm afraid. I'll need a full tour, laboratories as well, so that we can audit where we stand regarding the current war effort. 
She paused and moved closer to the screen. Between you and me, Principal, it's not looking good for Sykes right now, so we both need to make it look good, or a lot of people will die. Satisfied, she pressed send, and the transmission was instantly converted into a pinpoint-wide laser squirt and beamed towards Mars. Coffee? Sarah called from the kitchen. The smell of freshly brewed espresso filled the apartment as Ariadne drummed her fingers on the chair's arm. Sarah brought her a mug and she sipped it, enjoying the harsh taste and syrupy sweetness that came from black coffee with too much sugar. She squeezed Sarah's shoulder lightly, revelling in the twin warmth of the mug and her handmaid's touch as she, in turn, squeezed Ariadne's hand. As she drank, Ariadne watched her friend moving around the apartment, picking up empty wine glasses and dirty plates. She thought back to the years they'd spent together and smiled wistfully. Breaking into her thoughts, the console pinged softly. Ariadne turned and tapped the small envelope icon. How long had it been since anyone had used an actual envelope? And Principal Reeve's lined face appeared on the screen. He was in his office, his back to the large windows that separated him from a startlingly vivid view of the base. Your Imperial Highness, Princess Ariadne, let me formally invite you to Noctis Point, the principal said. It's regrettable that your father is not predisposed to visit us. However, we have always enjoyed a mutually beneficial relationship with the palace through you, and I wish to see that continue. He looked down and tapped at a soft screen, then laced his fingers. I'm sending you my diary for the next week so that you can arrange a visit. He smiled gently and the screen went dark. Ariadne grinned as her own screen began to fill with appointments. Day trip, Sarah? You've been listening to Chapter 12 of my novel, Noctis Point. If you've enjoyed this podcast, why not check out my website, stevecookfiction.com, where you'll find more episodes, short stories, and blogging about writing. <laughs>